Scott, Mr. Wadsworth, essential craftsman, what do you prefer? Scott, Scott. please, okay. please, All Scott. Right. All right. I Scott. mean, you can rub in this other stuff if you want, but it's just rubbing it in. Okay, okay sounds okay, good. So we'll Scott, stick, we'll yeah. stick with Scott, no problem. Um, I, I, again, personally a big fan. Love what you do. Thank you. I relate on a lot, on a lot of levels. Um, give us just kind of, you know, I don't know, the short or long version, your journey, your story. How did you, because everyone starts somewhere, has to learn something. You weren't born knowing all these things. Why aren't you on Wall Street trading numbers? Why are you doing this? How did this even happen? Was it your dad? Was it just life? You know, what's kind of the, the, the story, the journey there? Um, big question. So born here in this little town in 1958, went to school 12 years in the Glide School District. I somewhat facetiously follow that up with, but I'm recovering, okay? But Glide was good to me. I mean, it was a good place to go to school. It was great. Um, was interested in math and science and did okay. I thought I did really good, but I found out right away when I went to Oregon State that I was a big fish in a little bitty pond sure. in the high school classes. Right. You know, and I got up there and thought, man, I, don't, I can't really keep up with these guys. But grew up here hunting and fishing and building tree houses, and we moved up into the Cascade Mountains. I, part of my growing up, Till I was in sixth grade was within two miles of where we're sitting down here in the lowlands, you know, far kind of sheep and agrarian. And, and then we moved up into the Cascade, into the, into the timber. My dad had been a logger and then went to work for Roseburg Lumber Company in one of their big mills. So I grew up smelling that smell of Douglas fir having been cut. This is the 60s, 70s. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, I remember, I, so I, I would, I imprinted on my dad's logger and sawmill experience. Um, he liked to, he liked to try to build things, but he wasn't much of a carpenter, but I could tell it was important to him. So it became important to me. He had a friend who had a little sawmill and dad helped him on that. And I could tell that was important and somehow worth doing. So that imprinted on me. Um, I met Kelly to whom I married when we were 15 years old on the school bus. That's awesome. It is awesome. Um, and she is the chief explanation of my journey, okay? And, a, and whatever, whatever it is that I've learned and whatever it is that has continued to have significance to me is largely because, you know, I think it's in Matthew where, where the Savior says, for this cause shall a man leave his mother and a woman leave her home, and the twain shall be uh, one flesh. I yeah. par paraphrased badly. C.S. Lewis said that Jesus wasn't talking about sexual intercourse there although that's part of marriage, he was talking about two people becoming a single organism. So good. And so, so Kelly and I have approximated that, and we're getting closer to that. And so the whole journey is because of the mutual responsibility that we had to our family. But I, I went to Oregon. You come out of high school, I was playing with a jazz band, so music was a big thing. Um, I drove up to Eugene every weekend for my junior and senior year rehearsing with the jazz minors. Went to Oregon State, never got a hold of the campus life because I was always gone playing music. We ended up going back and playing for President Carter on the White House lawn and doing a tour, and they went to work in Disneyland, and I realized I can't really live the life that I've learned that I need to live as a professional musician, so I left that, but music made a big impact. And so I had to raise a family. And because I had determined I was going to marry that girl and we did. And I said, I'm going to be a carpenter. I'm going to build houses. So I started going to work for different people. The things I've learned about construction, I've learned because I've worked with hundreds of different people. I'll say hundreds of men. They've all been men. Yeah. And, uh, everybody can teach you something. So I kept my eyes open. Yep. I grew up logging with dad. I logged a little bit in high school for some of the, a couple of the local a logging company. So I learned that kind of, um, soon after we got married, moved back here, I built that sawmill that had belonged to my wife's granddad. We made a video about that. So yep. circular sawmilling, um, in Wyoming, I worked for Wade Welch commercial, uh, residential home builder. Good guy. Liked to really make a nice house. And I watched him struggle to figure out how to make any money building custom houses. And it's hard. But I learned and I learned and I learned and then that economy tanked and I went to Las Vegas and my construction education ramped up because in Las Vegas and Los Angeles have 
possibly the most high production construction culture maybe in the world. I don't know, but the American Southwest, Phoenix, all of that have taken um, construction productivity to the next level. And so I got this great education there in, in commercial concrete and production piecework framing and, and then back here and logging. And I, mostly I'll just say it's the people I've met that I've learned from and the things I've read and just, oh, and then the blacksmithing. You know, 17 years ago, Bill Vian gave me the entire contents of a railroad roundhouse blacksmith shop. Wow. And so I had to learn to be a blacksmith. And then I met Cy Swan and got a 20-year jump start into the craft. Wow. And so, yeah, there you go. Kind of sounds like one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. Yeah. You just have this, you know, this plethora of just experiences and meeting all these people. And that's like, that's amazing. Um, I mean, dare I ask, are you still learning? You think you've learned it all? Oh, man, I have not scratched the surface. Wow. Um, you know, so I'm learning a lot from the comments on the channel. Yeah. And one comment recently is that every day is a school day. That's right. Now it's easy to forget that. Right. But if you just even try a little bit, just a little bit to keep your eyes open, you're going to pick something up. Yeah. hundred percent. Are you seeing, do you think you're more humble than you've ever been? I hope so. So I hope so. I'm continually, and I trust Kelly to this, trying to monitor myself because this whole uh, artificial YouTube flattery yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, she when we when this started, and I'd be reading the comments, she would say, "Get away from that computer! Don't you let this wreck you!" Yeah. And so, people don't realize you didn't. Re so, huh. are you familiar with the story of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz? I mean, as much as a, any other kid would okay. be. Yeah. So when people who have met me on the channel come to the shop, so this, this is for you. Yeah, okay? yeah. So Dorothy and the Tent Man and the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion, they all end up together, and they've all got these big problems, and somehow they're convinced that the Wizard of Oz can help them with their problems. So they go down the road, and they don't let anything stop them. I, I mean, they are not dissuaded, and they overcome, and they work together, and when they finally get to Oz, they can't find the Wizard. And they look around, and they ask and they, for directions, and they finally... What do they find? They find this stumpy little irritable, semi-disabled, disagreeable soul pulling levers and issuing billowing clouds of smoke. He's a faker. Yeah. He's a charlatan. And they never think of Oz or the wizard in the same way again. And the same things just happen to you because you show up in this shop. And think, That's just a redneck carpenter. <laughs> no, no, that's no. just a redneck carpenter. You've wrecked the channel oh, for man, yourself. That's man. so funny. I ruined the experience. You ruined yeah. it. Jeez Louise. You never meet your Shouldn't heroes. That's yeah. so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> no, you know, that, that principle is great, but I see, I see value and, and, and I find gold in things that maybe other people don't see because ultimately, even though I, I'm very young, still so much to learn. I, I, I feel like I relate and understand. A, a part, a portion of your journey, building something, building a brand mm -hmm. going through stuff again, being kind of a victim, not mm -hmm. a victim, but being a, you know, uh, an attendee in the court of public opinion yeah. you know, and understanding that yeah. and feeling that. And, and you're in your, your parents were victims that refused were, to be victims. That's right. That's exactly correct. You know, coming from where they came from and that's, yeah, that's a really, really good way to say it. You know, they're not the only ones that immigrated right. to America. Right. And there are people that did immigrate but did not have the, the mentality to assimilate uh, and didn't fall in love with what is going on in this great country. Interesting. That. You know, and they're str and it's, it, you know, it would have been better that they stayed. Boy, now that's a mouthful. Yeah. It would have been better if they had stayed where they were comfortable. Because you can't come here. And I feel like I, I, I understand this cause I've seen it so, so many times like, okay. In, in our, in our church, in our Slavic community, you know, just in, in Spokane and other cities, Scott, I can't tell you how many people have been here for 20, 25 years and they still don't speak English. Interesting. At, at that point, it's a choice. They just refuse. They just refuse. And, and over what? Over, over some sense of, you know, weird pride. It's kind of strange almost, you know? And so I, I thank God and I honor my parents and respect them that they had the wisdom and the, and the progressive mentality. And they're just, they're just smart people. And humility. And humility. Yes, good way. To, yes, absolutely. Very humble to say, hey, listen, where I came from, it had, it had a lot of good things, but it had a lot of bad things. Sure. And what I see here is just so great and so much better. I'm going to make the choice. It's not about pride. It's not about, oh, you know, homeland heritage. It's just about this culture is incredible and amazing. This is an opportunity. This is like a God-given chance. And I'm going to 
bite onto this, you know, wholeheartedly. And that, I'm going to see that my kids are able to embrace this. hundred percent. There you go. You know, I think in the same way that, you know, you are working with your son with this thing. You guys understand that my dad working with us, us kids, you know, he understands that legacy, mm-hmm. leaving something leaving generations, something. Yeah. you know, ultimately your grandkids and your great grandkids, you know, hopefully I think, you know, YouTube and stuff is still going to be around at that time. What you've done, what you've built, the knowledge, the, the culture, the, the homebred heritage, it's going gonna, it's gonna to live on past you. And that's something that I think my dad was always intentional about uh-huh. was this principle of legacy. Are you intentional about that? Is that just yeah. happening naturally? No, no, well, so Kelly and I have tried to live and parent intentionally yeah. to that end. Because if, see, I, I'm big on sort of sound bites and colloquialisms, and I hear them and they stick in my mind. But one of them is that um, life is what happens while we're making other plans. That's a good one. And it is so easy to make all these plans and not notice that your life is rocketing by and your chance to intentionally parent or grandparent is past. And you want to talk about hell? Hell would be to recognize that I had all those opportunities to make a difference for these people that I love, and I spent that time and that interest on myself instead. Wow. And so, so yes, um, that drives a lot of, of what, what you're doing, what we're doing when we're thinking of titles, when we're thinking of stories, when we're thinking of what we want to show or not show is, does this have lasting value? And it will, will, is there any chance at all that it might actually do some good? Now that's not the only criteria. It's not as noble as all that. I agree. I mean, I it's agree. a business it's, too. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah, right. Yeah. But th- that, that's an underlying principle yeah. and it's actually more, it's, it's, it's bigger, it's bigger than a, than a business or a YouTube channel or a brand. Okay. I, I have this. You know, and I, I'd like you to speak on this too, because again, I, I look to you for, you, you have, you carry more wisdom than I do. Ultimately, I'm seeing that business and anything that you're building, it's just an extension and an exposure of what's actually going on in here yeah. or within your family. For example, with us, with our family, we are a family first uh-huh. and then, and then we just do business together. In other words, if the, if you stripped the business away, we would still be a family together and still genuinely love each other and want to be together and be around. And so business, money, success, all that it does, and I, what I've seen, is it just exposes what's already going on huh. inside. Yeah, you know? that's true. I've just, I've, I feel like I've seen that time and that's time again. True. I've heard this, you know, colloquialism, I guess, but it's kind of a negative one. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it for this reason that, oh, um, money changes people or success right. changes people, whatever right. verb you want to put in right. there, you know. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I, I don't agree with that. I think it can affect, you know. But I don't believe, I believe that it just exposes. It exposes. It's like a It uncovers. Glass. It uncovers, you know. Yeah. So ultimately, I've seen people who poor, they were generous, and wealthy, they are generous. Yeah. And I've seen yeah, people yeah. who poor, they are stingy, uh-huh. and wealthy, yeah. they are stingy. Yeah. And it just exposes, mm-hmm. it just increases. You yeah. know, 50, 50-something years in the workforce, 40-something years in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Have you seen that? I think it, I think it is in almost every case true. And I think it goes back to what, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, and I won't get this quite right, but he said, a man can't serve two masters. Either you love the one and hold to the other, or hate the one and love the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Yeah. And in my religious experience, mammon is usually, it's a Hebrew word, okay? And there's a particular scholar that I love, and he pointed out to me, his name's Hugh Nibley, and he pointed out in one of his books that the word mammon is an Hebrew word of ancient origin, and he said, he claimed that Abraham would still rec- would recognize it, and Menachem Begin, then the prime minister of Israel, would recognize yeah. it. Okay, so I read that, and, and, but his takeaway was that mammon did not just mean treasure or money or worldly concerns the way it's often understood. His contention was, and it goes straight to your point, what you just said, that mammon means business dealings of any kind. Now, that's a much more global way to understand that word much more broad way to understand that word and yeah. challenging way yeah if you think about it yeah and what here's what i think so here first of all here's how i tried to decide if that was true um kelly had at that time well i guess she knows she, that the divorce happened in that marriage a, a stepsister who married a man who was from tel aviv okay moshe was a great guy a great guy this was in las vegas 10 years older than we were he was uh, Jewish, spoke Hebrew, had a clothing store in um, Caesar's Palace Mall, I think. And so at a Thanksgiving dinner, I, I just read this. 
And I said, Moshe, yeah, Scott, how you doing? We've pleasantries. I said, hey, I got a question. In Hebrew, is there a word mammon? And does it mean business dealings of any kind? And he went, oh, he said, you must mean mammonotai. Yeah, that's about right. It's business. So now think about what the Savior was saying. Yeah. That you can't live your life according to the laws of business and according to the laws of God. You have to decide, am I going to try to serve God according to the rules of business, or am I going to try to do business according to the laws of God? You have to pick one or the other. And so what you were just saying was that your family is of the makeup where you're doing business and trying to do it according to the laws of God so that if the business part went away, you would still have that God-ordained family relationship that makes everything sweeter or everything more bitter, depending on whether or not exactly. it's working. Ultimately, everything we do, our life is kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then now it's just an extension of all of those things. Um, you know, it also says, seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would, I, you know, I grew up in the church, all this stuff. And I would all, all sometimes people would say, put God first and then family second. And, and the principle there is good. And I don't disagree with that. But I think that what I've learned and what I've seen is that it, it doesn't, it's not, it's not like that. Okay. God number one, then your wife and your kids number two. It's God is in all of those mm-hmm. things. You know, he, he's in, he's, it's not like you only give him this piece and then only this piece and only, or only this piece, and, but this piece is for myself. No, I've invited him into all things. Mm-hmm. And so now when I'm, when I'm making boots, I'm doing ministry, I'm serving with a spirit of excellence, building my business, spirit of excellence, doing ministry with my family, with my, with honoring my parents, doing church work, what, whatever. I go up, you know, out to dinner. I'm, I'm not just like, Okay, well, this I'm dedicating mm-hmm. to the Lord only. Right. Or like, okay, I'm going to dedicate an hour right now, read the word, kind of pray a little bit, but then I'm going to turn that off. Right. And then go do other things. It doesn't work that way. That is like this old covenant, kind of like almost like paganistic understanding that like you have to, okay, you go to the temple, God's only there. No, no, no. He says, I come to make a home in you. Uh-huh. I now do all things. It's, 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 it's in my entire life. And so it puts you in this, it puts you in this corner. It's in this decision. And so like, if, if there's, you know, Christian business people who, who are hearing this, if, if, if we believe that he lives in us, okay, we, we, Holy Spirit lives in us, the spirit of excellence, well then, dang it, our businesses, our, our, our systems, our service, it better be to the level of the spirit of excellence. It better be. My, my brother and I, I my brother is a, the great, one of the greatest men I've ever met in my life. Amazing guy. I look up to him and every older brother will. He, he does this really, really better than I do. When something doesn't work out, some mistake is made, not get emotional about it, analyze, figure it out, create the solution, implement it, move on to the next thing. Don't waste your time casting blame. Exactly. Or you know, it's like, I, and I'm, I'm trying to learn and be better at that. We're not perfect, you know? And no, I don't think there's a company that is. Uh-huh. I don't think there's, you know, any system or organization. But ultimately, it's like when, when a mistake does happen, Make it right, figure it out, move on to the next move ahead. thing, you know, and move ahead. And like, we're always on this relentless pursuit to get better. And this is a motivating factor. It's like, I want to be the best because I believe I'm, I'm called to that level and I'm worthy of that. And I need to catch up to that level. I need uh-huh. to, I need to get there. Like, That's a healthy, healthy perspective from, from any, whether a person's coming at this with a religious perspective or not, that's healthy. Yeah. That is healthy. And as sustainable as anything anybody yeah. could, could imagine. And, and Scott, there are people who have never been to church in their life. Maybe they're even call themselves agnostics or uh-huh. atheists, but they still just, you know, whether they like it or not, they're living by these principles yeah. that the Lord set into place. Yeah. They might just not even know it. You, you know? know who Jordan Peterson is? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've read a lot about Jordan. I think I would take a bullet for Jordan Peterson. Probably. Now, that's hyperbole, okay, yeah. but not entirely. Right. Okay, he does right. So, he's done so much good. He's had so many problems. But doggone it, yeah. what a guy. What a but guy. Th- th- there's been a group of young people, probably about your age, young men, I think, who are called atheist Christians or Christian, you know, an oxymoron. Yeah. But they recognize whatever Peterson's talking about really is the way for life to be better. It works. And, and so they're not going to attach any sort of a foundational cause or effect. Yeah. But so anyway, yeah. I, I agree. You completely. know, he has a book, uh, 12 Rules for Life. Yeah, I got yeah. a copy of that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I mean, what are your rules? What, what's your version mm-hmm. of that, you know? There's young guys listening to this. I'm sure that there's a lot of guys, contractor guys, carpenters, all this stuff. Our customers wear our boots, similar thing like you. You know, do you have that? Do you have some rules for life, things that you've just seen? His maybe come from maybe with a more academic yeah, yeah. side of things. Man, what, he is, knows so much. what is it on this side? 
and, and I, so I, I, I don't want to just reflectively wave the piety flag. All right. But it's hard to beat the golden rule. It's yeah. really hard to beat treating your neighbor the way you would like to be treated. Now you probably know that there was a silver rule that was articulated by Confucius and Thales of Mileta and somebody else about 600 years before Jesus articulated the golden rule. And the silver rule was do not unto others what you don't want others to do unto you. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. But it's not the same as do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Yeah. So that's item one. Okay. Item two is this thing that uh, you cannot order your life according to the ironclad rules of property and profit which is how it's described in A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, what we're just talking about, mammon, the rules of business. Yeah. It's just business. I hate that. I hate that. It's just business. Um, so you got to decide who, you got to decide what team you're playing on, and then you got to ride for the brand, right? right. You got to decide what brand you're riding for and always ride for the brand, which is pretty much what you just said. Yeah. Um, you have to, no, nobody's asked me about what rules would I, uh, I think you're just doing it naturally. It could be. You, you've, you've got to give an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. And you know what? If you're not getting an honest day's pay, you better go find some place that you will. That's good. Um, yeah. Uh, if at work, just at work, always do a little more than your share. Always do a little more than your share and you're always going to have a job. Um, I refer to my wife as my bride. And the reason for that is I want to continually remind myself that, that she is the first focus of my efforts. Okay. And it's easy for a bride to become a wife. Now, a wife is a wonderful, is a gift from God, a gift. But, and Kelly's uncomfortable with me referring to her in public as my bride. But I think that's a continual reminder to me, and I think every man who's married and every man should be married should think of his wife as his bride with the hope that you do not let familiarity breed contempt. Because if you do, you have doomed yourself. That's really good. You've doomed yourself. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm full. I'm full of these kinds of things. So there's a, there's a thumbnail sketch. But the, but the main one is do unto others you would have under do others do unto you, and show up show up to work ten minutes early. Okay, how about that? You know, do you believe in this principle of so? Oftentimes, when when we hire, I I do a lot of the interviews because I want to be involved with everybody on our team. Um, I always I always let them know that your success here at this company, you are in control of it, mm. meaning that you, it's in your hands. If you perform and do well and exceed expectations, we reward, we, 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 we bless, we promote quickly. Mm. I always say, and actually will introduce this principle. There's a great guy I really like named Ray Dalio, who he is a you know, multi-billionaire hedge fund investor. He's very successful. Um, I think he's in his 70s now. and um, He's up on Wall Street, but he's not like a classic kind of Wall Street kind of guy. He really came from the ground up on his own. He's written a lot of books. And now he's devoted a large portion of his life to just sharing wisdom. He mm -hmm. teaches on economics and money and all these things. And he taught on this subject of a meritocracy. Mm -hmm. In your team, in your company, the best idea wins. Mm -hmm. That's what a meritocracy is. It's not the, the strongest person, the fastest person. It's not you know, authority or you know, position per se. Even though that plays a role in just in leadership, it's the best idea wins. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people that we're a meritocracy. The, the best ideal wins, the best performance, the, the most value. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell people that, that your success here depends on you. Like you don't need to worry that you're going to be working really hard and doing a lot and the company would neglect Won't you. notice it. We'll notice, notice it. it. That will never happen. Mm -hmm. What will happen is you are in control of how far you go. here, And that's true. And Will and I and, and our leaders, we are on top of that all the time. Mm -hmm. Always watching, always giving opportunities, always trying I want our team to just go to the moon. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, that, that's kind of what we're about. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in this principle that your success is in your hands? And I, I'm not saying from the perspective, uh, you know, like 
the Lord directs and, and blesses and guides. This I understand. Mm-hmm. But how much of it do you believe is in the responsibility in the hands of a man for his destiny? A lot. Um, you know, if you want to have tomatoes in the fall, in the summer, you've got to put the plants in the ground last week of May around here. Right. You've just got to. And you got to see that they're watered and you got to keep some of the weeds down. And when they're ripe enough, you better be out there picking them or you're not going to have any tomatoes. And it is the same in life that, yes, God has intentions for us, but those intentions are more eternal intentions than just the mundane things that are of burning interest to us and probably not that interesting to him. But having said that, A man is absolutely in control of what he is interested in turning himself into. I mean, nobody, nobody can convince us to turn us into anything other than what we want to become, right? Right. And so we have to be very careful about what we want to become because beware the desire of your heart, ye shall surely have it. And, and so I, I, think, I think that that is the biggest thing what it is that we want, I mean really want, not what we may think we want, maybe not even what we tell we, our friends that we want, but what really in the middle of us is that we want, we're responsible for that because, buddy, it's coming. Yeah, It is coming. Now, not everyone gets the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. There's injustice. You know, the rug can be jerked out from underneath our feet. I mean, your heroic parents may not have, for some number of reasons, been able to get on that plane. Yeah. Okay? And their stars and yours would have been different. Yeah. But still, at the, I, I have to believe at the foundation level, a mom and dad like that who came here and were able to assimilate would have found a way to raise you and Will and the others in a way so that yeah. you were forward-leaning yes. and making the best of it. That's correct. And in any case, um, yeah, I, I yeah. believe that. If you want tomatoes, you by golly got to plant them, and yeah. that goes for the outcome of our life. I hundred percent. There's a balance to it as well with the thing with opportunity. I, I also, under, I mean, ultimately like I have friends who, you know, I have this one friend, his, his parents drugs at a you know young age fell into drugs. Their, his father died. His mother is, you know, not in his life at all. And right. if anyone had any excuses to kind of just whatever, you mm-hmm. know, with life, he would, but, but he's not, he's not a victim. He's not a victim. He's married. He's got a business. Like he's moving forward in life. I know others that have great parents as, you know, great like my parents and they've gone down the other road. Yeah. And so ultimately the opportunity thing does exist, but I, I agree with you. I have to believe at the end of the day, it is still in control. Like I don't believe that there's just kind of this, well, you're dealt the cards you're dealt and like, right. that's it. I believe that you're dealt cards. You know, I'm so, I'm so fortunate. I, I, I don't take any credit. Like I, I think I have the best parents in the world and I'm so blessed that they, they did what they did and all these things. And I, and I see, resonate that every day but ultimately i have to believe that i, I still had to make and i and it's true i still had to make the decision to be on that be on that boat be on board with mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. yep grow yep. in that and you know when i when i was growing up at a young age i didn't always want to to, mm-hmm. to do this business with, mm-hmm. with my with my parents but i just loved my dad and go. it was because of that that he won my heart yeah he could have been blacksmithing he could have mm-hmm. been a builder, he could have been a truck, a truck driver, whatever. I would have been with him yep. building that business. It's not about boots. Yep. It's more than that. It's bigger. You know, yeah. the handicap that I think may be hardest to come back from for a young man is to not have a dad. I mean, you just talked about a friend yeah. who, who had that. But you talk about a setback. Now, so my dad, like every dad, had his limitation, right? But doggone it, he was there. He was steady as a ticking clock. And I learned a lot from him, mostly put your boots on every morning and go to work, yeah. you know? And if you don't get that, it's like faith. If you don't get faith as a, at a young age, it's really hard to get it later. Yeah. And if you get it at a young age, man, it can flourish. So I don't know. I'm just glad that God is going to be responsible for judging me and everyone else at the end of the day to see what we did with what we had. I agree. You know, and I think that that's why we need men. We've got to have men. Men. We have because a shortage. We, have, we do have a shortage. Like being a father, you, 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 don't, you don't have to just be a father to your biological children. That's right. It's, it's carrying the heart of a father. Mm-hmm. My dad 
carries the heart of a father very well, not only to me, but he ultimately fathers a lot of other people, whether he knows it or not, directly or indirectly. Mm -hmm. And I've just seen that principle time and time again. I'm, I'm young. I don't have children, my own children, but I can still carry this. I don't want to say heart of a father because it almost feels weird, but like this heart of like this care and like an older brother mentality to the ones that are younger mm-hmm. before me. It's, mm-hmm. it's not something that, okay, you have a biological child and now you're a dad. Right. No, it, it's a heart and it's a mentality mm-hmm. and it's like a spirit. It's a, it's a, it's a soul position to be mm-hmm. in. And um, yeah, I, I've, I've just seen that so much like, you know, growing up um, in our, in our local church, I mean, he, he fathered people that he didn't even really know that he mm-hmm. was fathering, mm-hmm. but he was just doing life, yep. you know? And I think that the same goes for my, my, my brother, Will, he's a few years older than me. You know, he fathered an older brother, you know, so to speak, so many younger guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think he even really directly thought that he was doing it, but just by doing life. Yep. And yeah, we, we need men. And it's not fair for the kid who is born into a family that mm-hmm. his dad is not there. It's, I, I agree with you. It's not fair. But I think that's why great men need to rise up because yeah. you've got to fill in those gaps, yeah. you know? And yeah. so we're, we're ultimately, you know, I don't want to be, too, like you said, be too noble about it, but like that's one of the things that excites me about being successful, growing, having financial opportunities. Like I can do good things with this. Yeah. You know, I can, if you have a good heart and a good vision, the Lord's giving you vision, you have resources, like you feel so much more like I can actually make a change. I can make an impact. I can do and something. our accountability goes up. I agree. I mean, the people who have nothing to share, are not expected to share much. That's right. You know, but the people who have those resources and opportunities, those, the resources will canker our souls if we don't find some way to share it and do the good that those resources can do That's right. that we're intended to do. That's right. You know, That's they right. just do. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you know, with, with what you guys are doing, is there, cause I was talking to Nate a little bit about this and it can be challenging sometimes cause YouTube and kind of this, this social media world, I don't really know if anybody has a serious grasp right. on it exactly. Right. Is there, I'm sure there is, you know, can you give us the insider view, like a little bit like vision, heartbeat behind it? What are you, what are you, what is, what, what are you seeing? What is this? So Nate had a really good perspective instinctively right off the bat when he said, dad. So I, I kind of have the heart of a teacher. I think that, that, um, that would have been a path I could have taken. Probably, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I would want to drill down on some of the trivia or minutia or details about the why of what I'm doing. Dad, that's not interesting. That's not interesting. What do you mean it's not interesting? It took me 30 years to learn this. I know, I know, but they'll click away. And I finally realized he's right that YouTube is first and foremost entertainment. Because if they're not entertained, they're click away. And if they click away, you didn't get a chance to teach them what you were going to hope to teach them later on in the video. So, so that's one piece that in the social media, YouTube world, there has to be a reason for them to remain because they have every opportunity at the click of that right index finger to be anywhere else. Yeah. So you have to be continually, whether it's with scene changes or music or in, I engage them with the camera, whatever it is, you have to be continually giving them a reason to stay. Um, so I, I have just about finished memorizing Rudyard Kipling's poem, If. Okay? It's so powerful. And I don't know if I'm going to try to spool that out here. I might because it answers a lot of just these questions. Just give me a little bit, yeah. Okay. It starts like this, and then I'll, I'll go to the stanza that speaks to what we're talking about. The temptation, the temptation in social media and YouTube is to violate what is going on in the uh, third stanza of the poem where it says, if you can speak with crowds and not lose your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. Okay, and then it goes on. That's so good. But speaking with crowds and hanging on to your virtue, that is being honest and authentic and speaking the amount of the truth that's important to you that you can convey in the moment and not have them click off and take a chance on getting some pushback in the comments. Yeah. And in this day, in this day and age of a cancel culture, it's a real risk. And you have to balance, okay, how forthright am I going to be? Because if I'm canceled, if we're canceled, there goes the opportunity to do anything good. Unless you're of statue like Jordan Peterson, right? You have, you have a thick armor and right. enough of a following and, you know, you're not worried about ruffling feathers. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so speaking with crowds and keeping your virtue is um, a big deal. That's tough. It that is. requires wisdom. It does. 
a lot of wisdom. It does. Um, to be weighing the effect of what you're saying, but not just on the scale of what is this going to pay. Because if that's all that's on yeah. the other side of the scale, you, you already lost it. So you, you and I are in slightly different boats there. I'll explain. Mm-hmm. With us, our focus with, 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 with a business and with a product and with a service is it's not about any of the, I don't know what the word would be, but like, you know, atmospheric things maybe is the right word, but it's more about the, the function. So product, quality, on time. Uh, deliver on expectations. If you make a promise, keep it. Mm-hmm. Good service, all those things. So it's very like robotic in mm-hmm. a sense. Now the customer service side is personable, obviously, but even that you need a system, you need to flow with that. And so for us, like we try to make all of our focus about it's about the job, it's about the product, it's about the job. This, even like this podcast, this is this is different a little mm-hmm. bit. This is more about we're going after m- mentality, thinking. It's not, not a war of words, but it's, a, it's, and it's not a war, but mm-hmm. it's more the, the, the journey or kind of the, the, the focus and goal is more about extremities and, mm-hmm. and it's, a, it's, a, it's a mentality game. It's a principles game. It's, it, that's more the focus. Mm-hmm. And so th- there, there's a bit of a difference there. Sure. I, I come to work in the morning and I think about how do we get more efficient? How do we be faster with what we're making, delivering better? having better service, smarter systems, solving our problems. When we make a mistake, fix it, make sure it never happens again. You know, and what you mentioned honestly reminds me a little bit of, so I was, I was a youth pastor for like two and a half years. And that reminds me of that because that kind of thinking is how do I influence this culture? Mm-hmm. How do I influence a mentality? How do I instill principles? Mm-hmm. And how do I, like, it's a, it's a bit of a, not I'm going to say burden, but there isn't a large accountability to it because there's a fear of like, God forbid that you're wrong about something, mm-hmm. but then you, you want to die on that hill. Mm-hmm. And then later yep. you realize yep. that I was actually wrong about that. Yep. I died for nothing. Yeah. The lives that I took with me, yeah. I made worse. You yeah. know? So it really kicks you into this gear of high accountability. Not I don't want to say stress because you shouldn't be stressed, but instead a high sense of responsibility mm-hmm. and now, now the pressure is on me to make sure that I'm, I'm walking down the right, the right path. I think that guys like, I, I want to put Joe Rogan in that, mm-hmm. in that community too, because I really honor that. I, I like what he's doing. He's phenomenal. I, I'm telling you, if, if Joe Rogan, like, wow. I mean, the, the influence that he has is a separate topic, but the influence that Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, these guys, mm-hmm. the influence that they have is so huge. And that's like a different realm than yep. owning a business because- you're now not even dealing with a product and a service. You're dealing with like life, yep. with heart things, you know, really good. I think way that you broke that down and I just share the difference because, and you know, you're in business too, but my, my thinking about our business is so much more strategic mm-hmm. and so much more like system function. Mm-hmm. And that has its own slew of, you know, issues too and, and troubles that we get over and now getting into this arena of communication, relationship, influence, like, you know, podcast, things like that. I, I go back a little bit to that mentality that I had like when I was youth pastoring, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm approaching a different animal a little mm-hmm. bit. And it's a mm-hmm. different way of talking. It's a, it's a different way of thinking of solving mm-hmm. problems. And I'm not saying one is necessarily harder or easier mm-hmm. than the other. Mm-hmm. They're just two different worlds. Yes, they are. And I don't want to mix them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I want to make JK boots about JK boots. Mm-hmm. And I want to make anything else that I'm doing about that other yeah. thing that I'm yeah. doing. You that's know? See that that's, that's the challenge of what I've got going here. Yeah. Cause this social media, YouTube, business sure is inextricably tangled up with my life there's no subdividing this that's tough and i've tried hard yeah um and there have been some unanticipated costs i i spent decades doing my work and on a good day at work there's a zen you know what i mean yeah the tool jumps into your hand the piece you need happens to be laying right there because you dropped it there 10 minutes ago and it jumps up and it fits or you clip the end off and it goes in there and the nail gun never runs out of nails. There's a flow. There's a flow. Yeah. And to use the Eastern religion word of Zen. (laughs) Okay. I'll tell you what, the camera drives the Zen from the job site. Yeah. The Zen's gone. The camera. So poor Nate staring through the lens of a camera day after day, after week, after month, getting terabytes of data of his dad working, then having to go home and grind through it again multiple times. So that's its own exhaustion. 
But I equate a camera pointed at you when you're working to a security guard with an M16. Now, you know he's probably not going to shoot you, but you can never forget that he's standing there. So, like on that house that we built, I would be getting deep into some calculations about beam heights and rafter lengths and piece count, and then, bam, the camera would shift my attention back to, oh, man, everybody, who's going to watch? Do I want them to see? Ah. And they would say, Dad, Dad, I can edit that out. But still, I could never just lean back and, and recapture the zen of the previous 40 years because the camera was, re it's a difference between singing in the shower and singing into a microphone where you know 60 yeah. or 70 or 80 or a million people are going to be listening to it, you know? Do you think that that is connected to maybe, I, I don't, I don't want to say insecurity because I don't think you're insecure. Oh, say it, say it. There's a huge insecurity in front of <laughs> okay. a camera. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, do you have anything to be insecure about? I mean, ultimately, you know, confidence is not built by shouting, you know, Alex, Alex Hormozzi. I don't know if you've seen this guy. I love this guy. He said a great quote. He said, uh, confidence is not built by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by doing something enough times that you know you're not going to get it right. wrong or, or, you know, it's right. about there. Right, right. How, you know, can I say 40 years of experience? I mean, uh, yeah, like, more than that, I'm 65 and I yeah. went to work when I was 17. So that's yeah, 45 years yeah, of experience. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I've got, I've got a pretty good confidence level. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that, that needs to, maybe your viewers actually want to see more of that. But maybe they want to see more mistakes because the fact <laughs> is if you're not making mistakes, you're not getting anything done. Okay. Okay. But man, I don't want to show all the mistakes on the, on the channel. We show some. Sure. You know, because you got to, you've just got to, I mean, if it's like talking with clouds, crowds and keeping your virtue, if you mess up and if it's an interesting mess up, darn it, you owe it to those people to let them see it. Sure. But that doesn't mean it's easy to do that. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't trigger some insecurity. So if you'll indulge me, I'd like yeah. to circle back to your question about journey. Sure. Two things that I didn't mention that just have to be mentioned. First is authors, books. Yeah. Okay. There were some authors that were my companions. Yeah. Okay. Um, that made a world of difference because the value of reading books is you get a window into the way another person thinks. You, you get a front row seat to their thought process and you can learn not just from what they're saying, but from how they're thinking. And whatever facility I have with words now yeah. and expression, a lot of it came from reading the words of other people who were putting their words down in as careful a way as they could. Yep. And so you read how someone who can think orders their words carefully, boom, and you can own it. Plus the knowledge, the wisdom. Yes. So the companionship of good authors. Yes. And mentors. Um, there have been people... I told you I've worked with hundreds of men. A small fraction were mentors, okay? But that, that peop, the people, the person, the five or 10 or 15 or 20 or two mentors that you can find and cultivate and enter into a give-and-take relationship with will put your journey on a trajectory to happiness quicker and to fulfillment, using Peterson's words, quicker and less painfully than a lot of other influences absolutely. Will, will do. So mentors and authors. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. Wow. Yeah. And I think that that never stops. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think that never stops. I've learned, and something that I'm learning, at least I pray that I'm learning, is this principle of humility. Mm -hmm. um, the lower you go, the higher you go. Bingo bingo you know and pride being the antithesis of that the higher you raise yourself up the greater your fall yeah and actually i don't even think that there's even like a, a you know it might look that way that oh you know someone's getting prideful and then they fall later i, I think it's right away it's yeah I, I think because when you when you immediately start getting in this position of arrogance you close yourself mm -hmm. To receive from others this, it, this is yeah. a really powerful principle yes, yes. something that i've learned and, I, and i'm learning okay so um I just share this as a friend, no please. way of trying to teach, just please. just share as please, a friend. Please. So I, I learned this from a, from a minister, Chris Valentin, I respect a lot. He's in, in, in Redding, California. He brought up, he, he teaches on this principle. You know how the Bible says that the oil flowed from Aaron's head down his beard? Mm -hmm. This principle of honor, when you honor somebody. 
when you sit at someone's feet, mm-hmm. so to speak, this mm-hmm. is all yes. symbolic, and you mm-hmm. honor them, you put yourself in a position mm-hmm. to receive whatever's on their life. Mm-hmm. And in that moment when you do that, it's not even about the person like giving it to you or something like that. The Lord already steps in and says, wow, like look how humble this guy is. This is a highlight to me. I'm going to open up the valve for whatever blessing or, or whatever you want to call it is on this person's life that he's honoring. And it's going to flow down to you because you've put yourself in a position of humility and honor. What is honor? Honor is humility in action. Mm. So if you can have the carry the humility to sit at someone's feet and just honor them, listen to them, respect them, be in that humble position, you will start to open up valves mm-hmm. from all over. Things that you mm-hmm. didn't even think were there. Yeah. It's just going to start flowing into your life. That sounded like a little bit spiritual, but like in practical terms, what does that mean? When someone's arrogant and prideful, there's scales over their eyes uh-huh. and plugs in their ears. They don't see, they don't hear. They only see themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When someone is humble and selfless, the scales are off their eyes, the plugs are off their ears. It's almost like they're, they're just opened another valve in their mind. And they, they see, they hear, they understand, they listen. And you're so much susceptible so quickly to learn and grow. This, this is humility. I believe that the most successful people on the planet are actually the most humble people on the planet. I would have to agree. I, I think that humility and teachability are synonyms. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. And I think that, that pride and ignorance, unteachability, yeah. So, so arrogance is certainly the easiest part of pride to identify. I mean, we, we can smell arrogance on a person. Yes. I, in my experience and opinion, the fundamental sort of characteristic of the pride that really stops us from learning is enmity, resentment, yes. hostility, opposition. Uh, no, yeah. thank you. Yeah. You know, I'm not changing. Yeah. You change. I'm not changing. That's the worst. Man, the, the plugs in the ears, the scales on the eyes. Yep. And there, there's no one quite so blind, you know, cliches. as somebody that just doesn't want to see. You know, that is true blindness, right? I think that's, you, you can't really say it better. Also, yeah. I even think furthermore, pride is the one thing that I think God can't work with. That's right. Yeah. You know, because if you don't want, like, he's not going to force himself. He's not going to force himself. And so if you don't want to work or change. Okay, well then we're gonna pause here until you. So maybe you, maybe yeah, exactly. maybe you think more carefully. And I'm just saying this in business too. Like I'm ultimately, you know, your journey. You 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 have been on a journey and are on a journey. You know, my journey is much shorter than yours at the time. But like even in this short journey that I've been on, like I've changed mm-hmm. so much, and I'm still changing, and I'm still. I feel like I'm getting exposed every day of still things that need to change mm-hmm. in my thinking and in my heart and in my mentality on on things and. You, you have to carry humility. You have to be so willing to be wrong. Yep. It's not about being right. It's about, right. it's about doing the right thing. That's right. You know what I mean? I don't care if I'm ultimately wrong and I need to change or apologize. Like, I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me. There's power I, in that. that. Yeah, that's right. And that's it's right. because most people would rather be right than happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You give me a choice between being seen as being right or living a happy life, yeah. I'm going to be right. Yeah. No matter how bad it hurts. Yeah. Like, man, that's wow. dumb. Yeah. hundred percent. And like this thing, even like I'll say, um, with, with, with our way that we do the customer experience and customer service, you know, Will and I was sharing this with Nate earlier. Will and I are very logical, fair, honest guys at the core, meaning like a plus B equals C one and one is two, like very, very this way. And so we, we set up our policy systems, customer service in, in that way. Unfortunately, not unfortunately, the, the reality is that not everyone is that way. That's right. And so what's, what's the goal? Is the goal to be, again, right? Or is the goal to make people happy, have a good customer service experience? So if the goal is have a good customer service experience, you have to be wrong a lot. There you go. You know, and so that, wow, that was a, that was a good way to say it. Honestly. Yeah, you have to be wrong a lot in order to make people happy. Isn't that true? You have to be wrong yeah, a yeah, lot. In Perceived as yeah, being yeah. wrong you and know, be able to accept that. Yeah. And just be okay with it. Yeah. And also, it's it's double hard now because this is my father's business. Yeah, yeah. And his initials are our logo. Yeah. And so there's a sense of pride and emotionalism. Yeah. But that's him. That's it, it's not immaturity. It's immature to make that the hill that you die on. It's human. It, it, it's, it's human, human yeah. to do that. And it's better to have a, a bigger vision and a, and a wiser understanding. Yeah. Of, it's about the bigger goal. So that's personally the journey that I'm on right now over the last, like I would say really heavily the last couple of weeks, letting go of that and just understanding, listen, you know, Scott, customers 
there's all kinds of people. Yeah. Most of them are awesome. Most of them right. are great. But not all not of them. Not all of them. And some of them really <laughs> just, it doesn't matter how many rules or signs or warnings or, you know, um, reason you try to, you know, instill. It just, it just doesn't yeah. work. And for, for lack of a better term, sometimes you just have to let people walk over you. Yes. Because it's just about doing yeah. whatever you got to do to make them happy. Because right. the worst thing is when someone who's upset goes and and, and and it doesn't want to talk to you anymore and then they, they vent all of this upsetness yeah. and it yeah. just, it's just a mess i i, I yes. so don't want that and that doesn't even just feel good for me as as a business because we want to be successful we want to have successful sure. interactions so you know it's just about do whatever you got to do to 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 have a good experience yeah. have over, good and over and over and over and over and over and over again and so you know b- back to your point about humility that requires humility because i have to be open to the fact that this is not the way it, it's, it's not working like this. We got to change, do it better. Yeah. And so Will and I are super, super, super humble in this area. We are willing to change on a dime. Uh-huh. We're willing to change this on a dime, fix this, correct this. I think that's ultimately, if not the only path to success, one of the only paths to success. It's the only path to fulfillment and happiness. I, I like that. It is. I like that. I mean, there's lots of paths to success, but not many. Like yeah. one straight and narrow. Right. Okay. So heard that one. You know, yeah. to, to this point, um, so we're coming out here. I don't know in a month or two how to be more confident. Um, no, we already did that one. Oh, how to, how to how to be more vo- motivated at okay. work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I had an opportunity in that monologue to talk about another wonderful C.S. Lewis quote that humility. This is not exactly the way he framed it for our conversation. Humility does not mean thinking less of ourselves. It means thinking of ourselves less. Yes. How huge is that? Huge. You know, it's so huge. Just yeah, think of, one, of oneself less. Yeah. So at first, the troll comments on the channel were hard to take. Yeah. They were hard to take. And finally, yeah. nah, it's all right. I don't know what motivated that person right yeah. then. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Also, you know, some, some hope and reassurances, you know, and maybe there's other small businesses that are hearing this and you know, you're doing something and you want to grow, you know, um, if you made a mistake or something didn't work out, someone's unhappy, whatever, it's never the end of the world. Figure it out. Make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And, and, and continue. Yeah. You know, the world is big. America is big. And also I've seen like, you know, maybe there was an unsuccessful customer. Time goes by. They, they, they'll, they, they come back. They remember. They remember. They remember in their heart, they knew yeah, they were yeah. unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. And they will remember that they were treated fairly. Or, or even, if, even if we were unreasonable in some area, you know, and, and we, okay, I, sure. I agree. You know, yep. it's like, listen, I, I, you know, I'm totally, we're changing, we're growing. I've just seen that, like, it's never, it's, it's just, it's just hope, you know, it's never the end of the world. Don't make it emotional. It's not about the personal side. It's not about the personal attachment. What is the issue? Pinpoint. Why did this happen? Was it a communication problem? Was it a system problem? Was it your sales, you know, point of sale system? Was it a production error? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Go dig, find it, clip it, solve it, fix it. Do your best to apologize and do whatever you need to do for that particular situation and move on to the next thing. The problem, problem, really bad problems come when you ignore or don't fix the root. But like ultimately, just keep going. Don't give up. Don't stop. And again, this is, this is for five, maybe 10%. The overwhelming majority of our customers, 90 to 95%, great experiences, very happy, good products. And, and you know, you, sometimes you feel like, you know, not, not everybody needs a, a paragraph email um, answering a question. Most people, they maybe just didn't catch something, have a question, or need something resolved. And they just want, okay, quick answer, solution, yeah. And, and, and move you just on, want you know? feedback. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. You know, and so uh, it's a growth. It's, there's no formula for it. It's just principles, which are do your absolute best, continue to improve, try to always get faster, try to always have the right expectations and communicate those expectations. And really like everything else kind of just figures itself out. And Will and I are just on this relentless journey. And I was, you know, we were talking about this with Nate earlier. We just want to get better. Yeah. In every way. I just want to get better. Well, then you will. Yeah. Then you, you certainly will. Yeah. Because that, that is the desire of your heart. Yeah. And you're going to get it. That's right. 
No, whether you get it soon or late, you're going to yeah, get it. That's right. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You know? That's good. Yeah. 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 Just, um, just, just want to get Now, I have there. a technical question about your boot business. Sure. You got a lot of old, cool old sewing machines in yeah. there. Yeah. Yuck, 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 oh, yuck. yeah. Oh, yeah. Where do you get the parts for those when they break? So that's tough. That's a big um, deal. That's a, that's a big deal. So anytime that we are able to scoop up a machine, we do. And I've got a, a good a good stash, you know, of sure. just uh, machines back yeah. there. But yes, you can get parts. So here's what's happening. Um, the suppliers for those parts, there's less and less of them. There are still a few around. And what they'll do is they'll go and get it custom machined for us. Oh, I see. They can get it made. They can get it made. And then, you know, they'll supply it to us. What I've been doing recently, like I had a screw break on a, on a trimming machine and it was, you know, some kind of special. I don't even know. It, oh, the, the braiding was, a, was, a, was reverse. You know, mm -hmm. the, the threads was reversed. Left and, hand threads. Exactly. You know, and, and the head was, was not a normal size. It was something strange. I don't remember the details. And we have this great, great machine shop in Spokane. It's, it's a father and a son. He's probably in his 80s. The son is in his maybe, you know, late 50s. And they have employees and stuff. This is like their thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I brought it to him. He looked at it, looked at it, looked at it, looked at it. He's like, that's not standard. I, I got to make that. <laughs> looked at it, looked at it, looked at it. Yeah, I can make that. Cool. Come come back two hours later, he made there it. There it was. You know, there it was. Yeah. So doing that, I've been doing, you know, branching out doing that. And also there has to be a bit of wisdom with just like technology. If there's a, a, a new machine that can do the same thing, if not better. You better be getting that machine. You better machine. be getting that machine because that machine is going to have support and parts yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's it's a balance of both. There is good stuff that they don't make anymore. And there is stuff that they are making that is better. There you go. And so, you know, sometimes like it's kind of this classic thing that you could have. Oh, well, if it's old, then it's the best. Right. The new stuff is crap. Yeah. That's not true. No. It's true sometimes. Yeah. It's not true all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, my, my, we have a really good balance. My dad's in his 50s. Will and I are in our 20s. My dad's super progressive thinking. But like sometimes, you know, the three of us will get in a room and it's nice to have this like, okay, well, I think this way. Okay, but I see it this way and I see it this way. We always 99% of the time come to the same conclusion, uh -huh. but it's good to have these differences of opinions, oh, you know, vital important. and, and we are, we're able to kind of like, you know, figure out a good, a good solution, but we're very progressive thinking. We're very like, Hey, listen, just because they've been doing it this way for a hundred years, that doesn't mean that it's the best way to do it or even that it's the right way to do it. We're open to different methods. We're open to, to whatever gets the best answer. You know, there you go. Now I will say confidently, there are some things that they've been doing the same way for a hundred years that I don't think you can make it any better. Yeah, that, it's, that's it's true. It's the way to do it. That's real. That exists. That's the way to do it. Like, um, you know, the old saying, don't reinvent the wheel. That's yeah. real. That's true. I, yeah. I, I believe in that. In the same sentence, Scott, and I'm sure you can, you know, voice on this. Wow. There are some things that are done that it's just like, they don't even know why they're doing them. They yeah. just do it because that's always the way it's been yeah. done. And that's it. That is so, I'm sorry. That's so foolish. It is foolish. It is. You know, and so Will and I, thankfully, and my dad are, are progressive enough to identify that, see the difference, figure it out, make it better, yeah. move on. So that was a long answer, but mainly it's buying those old machinery to have as a backup and then, you know, having those sources to machine you stuff, yeah. having good relationships with that one or two suppliers, and then always just trying to get the new, a best, a better updated yeah. version if you can. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, <clears throat> yes, the, the fact that the industry in America has died down. Yes, it's harder to find, but thankfully it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Like our, our main stitching machine our, our, um, that stitches through the soles, you know, mm -hmm. they have updated versions of that. This one that we use, they don't make anymore. We use it because we're really comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And I've been stitching on it since I was 15. I, I know the machine really, really well. Sure. Anytime we find one, we, we try to, we try to buy one. You know, I've got like 10 of them. There you go. You know, that's, there's some security in that. Yeah, I yeah, got absolutely. 10 of these things. Exactly. And they're built, I mean. I can see that in the video. Heavy, well, and, it's you know, it's all iron. cast iron. Yeah, you know, it's one cam, it's one camshaft is spinning. I mean, yeah. like oh, the worst thing that can happen is it's already like these small parts that can break. But I mean, come on, I mean, th those, you know, it's it's this one single revolution. These these you know spinning um, gears inside. I mean, come on, for that to break, I, I don't know how many hundred, you know. Got to run for a hundred years. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's a cast time. It's like an anvil. Yeah. It's, it's like, like an how anvil. are you going to break yeah, an anvil? It's like, how are you, you going to break? Well, there are guys that can do it, or at least that's, that's the <laughs> right, joke, right. right? So that's how our approach, you know, what about you? I mean, blacksmithing, I don't think it's, is it, is it, is it growing? Is it upgrading? Is it? Oh yeah. Is it really? It is. Okay. Yeah. The craft was rediscovered in the sixties and seventies. It just about passed out of existence because of arc welders and lathes and milling machines, you know, and a lot of anvils were scrapped. 
World War II, you know, just scrap iron, like a lot. But then the artist community, as artists do, always looking for new ways to express their, their gift, thought, well, maybe I can sculpt with steel. Well, how do I make steel conform to the shapes I'm thinking of? Well, wait a minute, blacksmiths used to make. And so just before the last of the old blacksmiths died out, these artists got a hold of them and started picking their brains, and there was a resurgence, and wow. now it's one of the fastest-growing hobbies there is, largely driven for the last 10 years by Forged in Fire. Very that, cool. That show, yeah, right? Yeah, very cool. But, very uh, cool. yeah, I mean, there are induction forges. Now, you know what an induction forge yeah, is? Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. You can put a piece of steel in there, and in 30 yep. seconds, whoop, it's yep. hot. Yep. But the induction forge remains cold, mm. you know? And so, and of course, there's, yeah, yeah. yeah. So blacksmithing uses, the successful blacksmiths use every new innovation so my great-grandfather was a was a blacksmith mm -hmm. right? yep yeah. yep so that that you know craft craftsmanship in the, with your hands is yep. just it's in it's in it's, the, it's in the dna it's in the dna know? well hard that, hard hard to get away from that's you know? terrific and i think that you know doing what we're doing with building building a business and a company and doing this craft it's so it's unique because how can you take this old world craft but now turn it into something sleek sharp efficient good you know it's a challenge yeah there it is that's sleek that's sleek that's sharp you know, there you go and i'll bet it's efficient <laughs> there you go i gotta put you my know? foot in there and see if it fits <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know so that's that's always part of the challenge and then you know furthermore i mean i maybe i, I you know, shouldn't say it but pleasing people yeah please you're in the retail business buddy you know, pleasing people it's a hard you know? business retail's you know? hard if, if i was selling boots to people who only like which most of our customers do, but like they don't really care about the details. They just need the function. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Right. But then you have customers that they're, they're not only about function, they're about this and that too. And form you know, and function. Form and function. Form know? has to follow function, yeah, but yeah. some people don't see it that way at all. Right. Right. And, and I want to say too, like, I don't want to make it seem like our customers are difficult. We have great people. Let me, yeah. let me tell you, Scott, like the, the major majority, like I said, that, that 95%, you know, kind of a customer they are, they are, good honest hard-working yep. quality people yep. and their customers because they recognize a quality product yeah they're drawn you know to you. and that's what what an honor what a pleasure the overwhelming majority are great awesome wonderful people that we feel a pride to to, to do yeah. stuff for yeah i've gotten people have bought us lunch people have bought us pizza people have sent us christmas cards and christmas gifts and sweets and and I've, I've had cases of beer sent to me mm -hmm. and, um, you know, people write us nice emails all the time. And it's always so nice to get that stuff. That's so encouraging. It's energizing. It's a hundred percent. The unfortunate flip side of that is that sometimes it feels like the negative stuff hits you harder than yeah. the good stuff yeah. hits you. These things but come in cycles. Exactly. Yeah. But just, you know, focus on the good and the good gets better. And I'm so proud of, of what we've done and what we've built. And I'm excited to keep going. And I am, I feel an overwhelming sense of pride to build quality stuff or quality people who honor it, value it. And you feel needed. You feel wanted. Yeah. You feel desired. And also it feels good. Like I'm not selling, you know, spidget finners. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, excuse me, fidget, fidget spinner. spinners. We, knew, we knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> fidget spinners, you know, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's, it's profound. And it's, everybody needs it. And everybody, everybody needs it. can't really it. get away from it. Can you? No, yeah. you can't. I think you probably experience similar feelings doing the contracting, doing the carpentry, yep, doing the absolutely. blacksmithing, yeah. you know, building a home for somebody. Everybody needs it. Very rewarding. Everybody needs you know? it. Yeah. And you also, I'm sure, have dealt with the flip side of it too. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Better not to talk about it. Probably. Better not to talk about it. Just yeah. kind of let it fade. If yeah, you can let it fade, right. that's good. That's right. right. Um, so, you know, Nate told me, are you, so are you still taking on contracting work? Not really. Not, not right now. I'm building, uh, no. It, YouTube has grown to where the, people call me to do stuff. And I only have one criteria. Is it content? Yeah. If it's content, maybe. But in Oregon, uh, without a, my contractor's license is on inactive status. I see. That means I cannot, I can't do improvements to real property. And like be paid legally. For legally. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. And, and when I say and be paid for it, that means if they buy me lunch, yeah. I'm in violation. And yeah. I, could, I could end up paying a fine. Wow. So occasionally I take something. But it's some, usually it's just a blacksmith piece. For instance, we've got a, a, a table base to smith and a chandelier to smith. But I'm not going to install it in the property. I'll make it right here, and then they will just take it with them. So I do that for the content. I see. And, uh, and I'm building a building for, my, for Amanda, my daughter, and her family, because it's my pleasure to do that for them. 
you know. They're, they're, and nobody they're, can get you for that, right? Well, yeah. if, if they were paying me, they, right. could, they could get right. me, you right. know, but yeah. they're not paying me. That's right. I couldn't take money from my kiddos for that's doing right. that. That's right. You know, that's so, right. yeah. what so, a, that's so it's very a blessing. Fulfilling. That's really nice. So know? let me see if I can recite my poem. Yeah. Okay, let me yeah. see if I can do that. Go for it. And then you can cut this out, of course. I don't know if we will. I think we might. If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it upon you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you and yet make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting. If being lied about you cannot deal in lies. If being hated you cannot give way to hating and yet not look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or see the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on with nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Wow. Is that a beautiful thing? That calls for a shot of water. That does call for a shot of water. Wow. That was something. Yeah, I, uh, wow. Anyway. I didn't, th- I didn't expect that out of essential craftsman. Well, there you go. That was good. Thank you. That was really good. Thanks for coming down here. Scott, thank you for taking the time. Thanks I, for honestly, going so far out of your way. No, uh, it's a pleasure. Seriously. It's, it's a pleasure. Yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed it a lot. You know, I just so much honor, respect. Keep doing what you're doing. As a fan, let me just throw some encouragement out. It's awesome. Thank you. We love it. Thank you. Don't quit. I'll try. Run the race. I'm trapped by my own byline of keeping up the good work. I love it. I love it. Cool. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.